you're listening to this, you're a mortgage professional who's probably wanting to scale your business. After 12 years of being in the trenches as a mortgage pro and nearly 180 interviews with top-performing loan officers and mortgage brokers, I've distilled the best ideas, strategies, and tactics into an eight-week program called the $25 million Blueprint. If you're wanting to take your business from $10 million a year to twenty, or if you want to go from twenty-five to fifty, this is the program that will help you scale. Step by step, we're going to show you exactly what the pros have done so that you can get there too. Go to mortgageblueprint.io to find out more. That's mortgageblueprint.io. I Love Mortgage Brokering, Episode 27. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I Love Mortgage Brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hi, Broker Nation. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today, Michael Lloyd. He's the broker owner of Canadian Mortgage Experts DLC. He's been a broker for 15 years, and Canadian Mortgage Experts is the number one DLC franchise in the country. I'm absolutely stoked for this interview today. Mike, are you ready to rock? I am ready to rock. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. So I always like to start off by, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, I started lending way back in 1988 for a finance company. Went through uh, credit unions and even at one point opened uh, or was selling real estate briefly. But I've been a broker since 1999, uh, originally with Mortgage Source, which merged into Invis. And since then, back in 2010, we started our DLC franchise. Uh, since then, we've, we have 75 brokers now. We have uh, brokers all over Victoria, Couchin Valley, Nanaimo, Red Deer, and then mostly in the Lower Mainland. And like you mentioned, we're the number one franchise now in in Canada for DLC, we, we started in our first year, we were number three. Now, for the second year, we we're number one. Last year, we we're number one, and we're currently number one. So, so uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, how how many franchises are with DLC to give us some context? I think it's 180. 180. So, that's, that's pretty impressive. And so, how did you get into the mortgage business? Because nobody starts out as a little kid in a schoolyard saying, When I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker. So, where yeah, did, was, how, how, what was your path? Uh, I definitely didn't talk to a school counselor and say, I want to be a mortgage broker. Um, I stumbled into it like most of us. Uh, like I mentioned, I was working in finance companies previously, and, and I liked lending. Um, I had an idea I wanted to be a realtor, so I started in real estate for a brief moment. and It was like three or four months, but it was a great learning experience because I, I liked the flexibility and the, the entrepreneurship. But what I didn't like it was real estate. You have no control of the market. It's either hot or cold or whatever. But uh, with our market, I mean, there's always people always have mortgages. And, and so I really like that part of it. So to me, mortgage brokering kind of combined the flexibility of, of real estate with uh, the fun of lending and you don't have to walk through stinky houses. So Right. And drive around in your car all day and stuff. Some people, yeah. I love that. I, I'm just as happy to sit in front of my desk and work. Exactly. So, so before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a success quote that has impacted you. So can you share, because I love how quotes distill an idea down into a really compact, portable you know, that you can take with you. So can you share a quote that's really impacted you? Yes. Last uh, September, uh, we went. I went to the DLC conference in New Orleans and we got to see Darren Hardy speak. And uh, he has a book called The Compound Effect and I just loved it. And one of the quotes from there is, you make your choices and then your choices make you. Uh, I think that's... It's so true. I mean, every single day we make millions of choices. We don't even think about it. It's automatic. And those choices end up affecting your whole life. So that's a fantastic quote. You make your choices and your choices make you. So can you give an example? You, that was a quote that sort of from last year, but how you've applied that recently sort of in your life or your business? Yeah. I mean, we just day to day, I mean, it, getting up and, and getting out there. I mean, you you have to make a choice. Are you going to, you know, work hard today or are you going to take the day off and all of us face that every day and and i think that's you know every little choice you make like taking an hour off or taking the day off 
that affects your outcome at the end of the year, and and you can't avoid that. So you know, I think it evolves it evolves your whole life. So it's a good thing to remind yourself of when you're thinking about going on Facebook and wasting a, a half an hour of your time. Exactly, and all of a sudden it's two hours, and and you've got nothing to show for it. I think sometimes Facebook, as much as like I, I I've quit it for a while. I went on this like sort of I quit for like a, a year, but it's one of those things that can be a real time suck if you're not careful with it. Darren Hardy, once again, I follow a lot of stuff is now, and and one of the men- things he talks about is Facebook and all these stupid things we have in life that suck time away and and they don't produce anything. And it, it's it's amazing when you break it down that way. Yeah, how much time we just give away, and then we always say, oh, we're all so busy. Well, yeah. Cause we're not being productive. Mm-hmm. We're wasting our time. That's awesome. Another area that I like to talk about is failure. I know that for me as an entrepreneur and a mortgage broker and business owner, I've definitely made some you know mistakes and, and ha- had some failures. But always looking back, there's always a lesson. So can you share an example of something that you had failed at, but looking back, the, the lesson that you learned from it? Yeah. I mean, you have to fail to, to be successful. So, I mean, back in the good old days, back in like 2006, when now with hindsight, it looked so easy. Uh, I decided to open an office in Penticton, the Okanagan. I grew up there and, and wanted to stay connected to the area. And uh, while I loved going up there, I mean, it was great, but I could never find the right person to work in the office. And in the end, it, it we ended up shutting it down. And, and it just ended up being a big time suck. And um, basically what I did was lose focus on what I do well. And, and you know, from a book way back called In Search of Excellence, you got to stick to the knitting. And uh, I learned a lot from that. So this venture, when you, when you decided to go into... Penticton. So where where was your office at the time? Uh, my office is in South Surrey, and I opened the second office in Penticton. And I thought it'd be great, and it just ended up both businesses suffered. So right, um, staying focused on your your main business is really important. So how do you? This is a question, sort of a little maybe a bit of a rabbit trail, but how do you manage? having a brokerage with 75 agents and still broker because a lot of the people that I've been talking to say that it's really hard to do both and so how how are you doing that extremely hard but it's about systems and um we have a lot of systems in place we use gmail business we we try to bring a lot of systems in place so that yeah I don't have to do a day-to-day kind of uh, help somebody with their email that day or or whatever and I mean, obviously, a lot of it has to do with the people we have, their their experience, and they're not they don't need their handheld every day. But, um, but yeah, it is. It's a huge, a lot of systems and a lot of time management. Um, you know, I set time aside to work on my business, and I set time aside to work on the company business. So, how does that look like on a daily basis? So, do you have it? Is it the same every day, or is it is it flexible? So, like, so that to know when yeah, you're you going to work on your brokerage versus your your you know you're building your own book of business. You have to be flexible because obviously things happen out of the blue. But I mean, most of the time, what I try to do is in the mornings uh, work on our business, just find out where we're at, um, work on current files, find out what I need to do to follow up with clients, that sort of thing, and then fit in the company stuff after that and uh, and work on it. But of course, there's always fires, so um, some of that stuff gets bumped out of the way. So we're we're just out of curiosity. Where do the most of the fires come from? Does it come from your client base or from the 75 agents? Seventy-five agents. <laughs> right. There's always something probably going on, right? That you have to yeah jump into. Yeah, I mean, from little things like not being able to get access to a lender, they want to submit a deal and they they aren't sure how to do that or it's not working. To you know, having help with getting a deal approved or or something like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. It sucks up a lot of time, but it's it's worth it. I mean, in the end, it's we're a fun team, and and that's the thing is it is a true team. It's not just a bunch of individuals and. So it, it never feels like, you know, it's, it's a drag. It's more, I want to help them 
to conceive. Right. And so talking about the processes, like you said, you got to have systems and processes to be a successful mortgage broker. But if you're going to be a broker and a brokerage owner, uh, you need to be really have good systems. And so I want to ask you about administrative. I'm going to ask you about sales and administrative. But first, I want to ask about the administrative side. So I know successful brokers have a administrative processes and they're willing to tweak them and adjust them to get a better result. So can you share an example of something that maybe wasn't working on the admin side and then what kind of change you made to improve it? Yeah, I mean, we're constantly working on our systems. We try to automate certain parts and ensure we have as much face-to-face as we can. I mean, I'm the office of Dustin. I don't want to sit on the phone for hours doing applications. Uh, I prefer a fairly short, you know, 10 or 20-minute initial call. So if a client calls me, I like to get an idea kind of what they're looking at. But from there, I kind of have a test, and that is to have them fill up my application online. And it to me, if, if they go home and get their documents together and fill the application all out and it comes in the next morning... That, to me, means they're committed. And if they don't do it, then they're probably not all that committed. And um, time is the most important thing. And I don't want to waste a bunch of time with somebody who's just shopping for a rate. And uh, once we get the application, we have an automatic email. So uh, the next morning, that client gets an email from me, and it's a video of me saying, hey, thanks for the application. We're working on it. And so I, I try to include things like that so that I'm involved in the process. The client thinks that I'm working on it all the time. And, I mean, let's face it, most clients think as soon as you hang up the phone that you're not working on their file, you're working on something else. Mm-hmm. So some of these systems I use to, to send out automatic emails and stuff so, so that they feel like they're being looked after, but yet, you know, we're able to have time to work on it and, and get that deal approved. So two questions. So what program do you use to manage the, the de- to de- manage your deals? We use a system called Trello uh, for keeping communication between our team internally. Uh, but we also use, I use buyer for only for the CRMs portion. That's where we manage our, like, you know, keeping notes and, and uh, sending out those automatic emails. That all comes from the buyer for only system. And this video that you send out for every client, is it a custom video or is it like a one-time video that you send out? No, it's a one-time. It's a one-time. It just says, hi, it's Mike. Thanks for sending in your application. It's basically the knowledge that they sent in their application that we've got it. A lot of people will email you or call you the next day and say, I'm not sure if you got it and, and that kind of stuff. That, that email takes care of that. There's another one that says, you know, thanks, we're working on it and we're going to send it off for approval and give us three or four days, which, of course, is under-promising because we can probably get it back faster. Right. Uh, I, so things like that. I heard of a program that a company used, I think Jackson Middleton was telling me about it, that you, you can literally record a quick video to a, a client when they fill out an app or a form or something and you send it to them. And right. he, he went to a website and he filled out a form. And within 10 minutes, he had an app, he had an email to him with a video saying, Hey, Jackson, thanks so much. It was actually personalized and he just fell out of his wow. chair. So, um, that's cool. That's cool. I know. And so that's where it's, we're going there. I mean, I think, uh, I love that idea. I haven't actually implemented it, but I've thought about using video a little bit more to in the communication phase just to build that rapport even before I meet a lot of my clients. But so do you meet your clients face to face or do you, is it typically all done? by email and fax and online? It's, it's up to the client. I mean, we definitely try to get to meet them, but I mean, if they're not in the area or, you know, they just they feel they're too busy, then I leave it up to them. I mean, obviously, face-to-face, you build way more loyalty and you're going to get way, way more chance of referral in front of them. So we try to, but it just, I mean, you're not going to force a client to come in. If, you know, we do. We try to, we try to get them in because you can control the environment. That's the other thing. I mean, I've, I've gone to clients' houses and I still do once in a while, but... I find you can't control the environment very well and they're not focused and, and it's really a waste of time half the time. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And so back to the video thing, how long ago did you implement this video, I got your app? 
step. Um, beginning of the year. And what kind of feedback have you been getting on it? Most people like it. I mean, I've, I've never had a negative thing about it. Um, the only negative sort of was somebody who said that they we sure sent them a lot of emails, but I don't know if that, that was the only, I don't think she liked emails. So. Right. <laughs> but, but everybody else, I mean, it, most of it's pretty silent. They just sort of, um, I don't know if they feel comfortable with it, but I mean, one, one area we do, um, that I like, that I thought I'd give you as a tip is one of the emails that comes out after that is an email that says, Hey, um, when we're talking about mortgages, we have to bring up the life insurance, um, idea. And what I'd like to do is go to check with your work before we meet so that you've got information on where you, what your insurance coverage is. And of course, most people don't end up doing that because they're too busy and they don't find time to do it. So when we sit down to meet with them and go through the, the plan, we can say, well, so what insurance coverage do you have? And they'll say, well, I'm not sure. I kind of have something to work, I think, but I got to check. And that's, that's a great lead in to say, well, that's why I don't really want you to leave without taking the insurance that we are going to offer you. You can cancel within 60 days. I don't mind, but I don't want you walking out without having any coverage because you don't know right now whether you have very good coverage. And most of the time, most people aren't even going to bother to go back and check afterwards. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but that's I, true. I mean, to me, it's our job to make sure they at least have some kind of coverage before they walk up the door. Mm-hmm. You know what I like about what you're talking about is that, like, we talk about I talk about administrative processes and sales processes, but administrative processes, if done properly, can actually be marketing for your business and it can be a part of the sales sure. process. So, like, you were kind of pre, yeah. you're pre-selling this idea of the insurance talk by sending out the email and. It's kind of an administrative process, but so I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think there's other ways you could do that too, and and that's stuff I want to work on is follow up. You know, later on after the mortgage is closed, and using more automated emails to to remind them administrative sort of things, but but it's also part of your sales touch. Right. I, there's a there's a talk online you can find called the. Uh, 100 day plan if you type i can't remember the guy's name but basically he says what converts a client into a fan is it's 100 days after they've done business with you and sort of what their experience is and so i've recently created a 100 day plan that i run for every client so there's like a a follow-up program for the first 100 days so that they never forget who we are and um check it out online it's called the 100 day uh yeah it's a 100 day i'll put the link in the show notes i can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head but um, yeah, that's great. And I'll send it to you. So another on the sales side, so let's focus in on the sales part of the process. So I also notice successful brokers have a sales process and they're willing to uh, tweak and adjust. And sometimes you have to because of what's happening in the market. So can you share an example of a part of your sales process that maybe wasn't working as well as it used to and what kind of change you made to it to improve it? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the insurance side of what we weren't getting very many insurance sales and people would always say it. You know, we have coverage to work, and we wouldn't really be able to answer after that. It'd be like, yeah, okay, and that's why we tweaked that that letter. But I mean, to me, the the area I try to focus on is really listing more up front and and finding out what the real and this is Joe Stump kind of um, thing from Buyer for a Lonely, and he just wants you to really learn what is really driving the client. And so often, if you ask those right questions up front, so what's important to you about buying this house, and and you keep the, um, you know, what, what will end up happening is that you get, uh, to know what's really behind what the person wants to do. And that information is handy to have because you can use it to, to control what happens later on. I mean, people will get nervous and they'll get buyer remorse and, and all sorts of things. And when you ask them for one more piece of paper, they freak out. Well, 
by having um, that knowledge up front that it's really important to them that their kids, for example, uh, have their own room so they can study to get to university. Um, that's going to be something you can bring up and, and say, listen, I know that I'm asking you for your NOAs. I know this seems like a big hassle, but in the long run, you know, isn't it important to have your kids in that house so they can have their own bedrooms and, and so they can study and go to university? And, and that brings people back to reality. And I think that's a big part of our job is to keep them focused on the big picture. So often we get caught up in the small stuff and it makes them more worked up too. Mm-hmm. That's a great great tip there because it's you're right. It's both remind them about what the purpose of this is for instead of the, the moment of the irritation of something they have to go get or that you know yeah. the lenders requested something additionally and you're you're in the middle trying to manage them and the lender. Um, but yeah, that, that's a really good advice. I think that's a that if you're in our business, it's great to figure out what their why is and then that way you you can re- remind them when Absolutely. they get frustrated. I'm a cynic. <laughs> so uh, you're obviously a busy guy. You've got, you know, the 75 brokers, you've got your own book of business. So how do you balance running your business and your mortgage and your family? Um, it's tricky, but I mean, it, like I said, I mean, I, I'm not uh, a workaholic like Dustin. I don't want to work 80 hours a week. Um, I prefer to find ways to work as little as possible and still get the job done. So to me, I think it's bringing fun to work. And, and making it so that you're having fun at work. I don't think work should always be drudgery and hard work. Um, I think you have to put your nose down when you need to, but then let up and have some fun. Um, I don't have a problem like, uh, taking too much time off. I, I try, I mean, one of my goals is to be able to take a month off with nobody noticing. Mm-hmm. That's what I've gotten there, but, but that's, those are the kind of goals I set for myself. So yeah, I mean, we're busy and, and we have lots going on, but, um, to me, I mean, it's just part of my personality is I want to have fun. I don't want to make it all about work and making more money and more money just for the sake of more money. Right. And, I think, you know, go ahead. No. So what's the longest time you've been able to take off? Um, Three weeks. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 I, so, I mean, I want to get to Australia soon. So probably that'll take three or four weeks. So that's probably the next big trip. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And that's having a team allows you to do that. Being a... Yeah, that independent makes it really, it's really tough because, uh, Garth Ellis always talked about the first time he hired an assistant and, and how terrified he was and then how he couldn't believe once he had one assistant, how he, you know, how he could have survived without one. So, um, that's one area I really, uh, really believe in is when you get your business to a certain level, don't be scared to take that next step and get the assistant or work as a partnership or whatever it is that works for you. But to me, that's a big, big part of our success is I couldn't do it all by myself. I know. Sabina likes to do her her stuff herself, and that's good. I mean, everybody's different, and that's the beauty of our business. But mm-hmm. to me, uh, having an assistant and having people we work with that can take some of the work off me, it just it makes my life way easier. So, right. No, that's great. That's great advice. And so, another area that's been coming up a lot is that this uh, diversifying your income. And in my conversations with brokers, I seem to have two camps that are forming. One camp says, "Yes, absolutely, we need to. You need to diversify." And there's another camp who says, no, you need to just do stick to mortgage brokering. So I want to know what your take is on diversifying. And if you are, what area do you focus on outside of the mortgages? I'm a big believer in it. I think, um, let's face it, we've built a relationship with that, that client and the client trusts you. And if they trust you for the mortgage, you know, of course, they're going to trust you for other little things. And it doesn't mean you're going to sell everything all in one spot. But I think it gives you an excuse to talk to them about other uh, options in their life. And, and that's to me is important. I mean, you want to stay in contact. You want to keep talking to them. So like one product we've brought out is we're using Legal Shield, And I don't know if you've heard of Legal Shield, but 
Um, basically, it's, it used to be called prepaid legal, but you get access to a, a lawyer for any questioner you have, and you also get your will and power of attorney done. And it's $26 a month, and it's an ongoing charge. And then um, most of our clients, we find like 80%, 90% of them don't have wills in place. And, and so this is a great lead-in to say, hey, you know, do you have a will in place? No? Okay. And we use that as part of our follow-up now after the deal is closed to say we should get you set up so you can get your will and power of attorney in place. And to me, it's not like you're making a whole bunch of money off it, but it's it's more about using those products to keep you in touch with the client and build that fence around them more and more so that they come to you whenever they have a question, not not the bank. Right. And so what, a couple questions on that legal shield. So when do you introduce that in the process? We drop seeds about it in the process. We have an email that talks about it. Um, we mention it so they know they've heard about it, but it isn't, we don't really sell it until after we close the deal. Okay. And then what, what percentage of people are typically like interested in it? Like 20%. It's not, it's not a huge, um, I think we've only brought it out in the last four or five months. So it's not like we're even pushing it really hard. Um, but I think it's, it's a product that the more they understand it, the, it's sort of a paradigm shift. You have to like they're. Most people will say, well, I don't ever call lawyers. Well, that's because they're $400 an hour and you wouldn't call them. But mm-hmm. um, imagine being at, like a CEO never makes a big decision without talking with legal counsel. And that's what this is like, is having a legal counsel available to you whenever you're going to make any kind of decision. I mean, a warranty on your dishwasher, if you have an issue, you can have them, you can call the lawyer and ask them what, what they think and if they've got a legal position. Or they'll even send a letter to the company to say that they don't feel that the warranty is being upheld or whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. And that's all part of your $26 a month. So once you get people thinking about that, they go, yeah, okay. I mean, I've had an idiot neighbor and, you know, we fought over the fence and who was going to pay for it. And um, that that kind of stuff is, it'd be nice to have a lawyer on your side and find out where your legal position is. And even just from an educational point of view, to understand things, it's, it's a great little product. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. So I, just one thing, yeah. But I think, I mean, overall, I think you're going to see the CFF model coming and I think, there's going to be people who buy into it and people who don't. I came from a credit union, so I worked in a branch. So I, I think I buy into that more um, than others maybe who did, never worked in a branch and don't see the benefits of that. Right. No, that's true. Yeah, the CFF thing is definitely going to be very interesting when, as it continues to roll out. I'm kind of watching it and seeing how, how it's all going to play out. But Yeah. So I'm going to move to the rapid-fire questions. So you can answer these with a little shorter answers if you like. Um, so what's the number one thing sure. holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I think the number one thing is getting face-to-face with clients and referral sources and asking for the business. Um, most people will find any excuse not to do that. They'll get in front of the computer and, like we talked about, get on Facebook and think, oh, I'm doing so much for my business because I'm liking everybody's stuff. And, and really, that has nothing to do with the business. I mean, the number one thing is getting in front of somebody. And when you're in front of somebody and you ask them for business, you generally will get it. Um, I mean, that and motivating themselves to work hard, we're all, you know, we wake up unemployed every morning and it's how you choose to deal with that that separates the average, I think, from the stuff. I like that you wake up unemployed every morning. That's good. <laughs> and so just to, uh, as a side note, it's supposed to be the, the rapid fire questions, but you've tweaked my interest. So how do you specifically ask somebody for the, like for business? So let's say if I'm a realtor or someone, a referral source that you're meeting with, what's your sort of, what language do you use? I mean, with a client, what I say is, I mean, it's surely I learned it from Joe Stump, but it's, you know, it was a lot of fun working with, with you and I'd love to have more clients like you. Is, is there something I could help that you know right now and that you can introduce me to? And I'm, most people are going to say, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really, I like that how you wrote, worded that. I, I had a lot of fun working with you. Is there anyone you know right now that you can refer me to? That's 
That's, that's I think the word there is help and introduce. So you don't say referral because that's a negative word. I think it introduces way warmer. Right. And and help. I mean, we love and you love helping clients, right? I mean, it's it's fun to help people either get out of debt or to put them in their first home or or any of that. I mean, that's fun, and mm-hmm. and you want people to understand that. I think sometimes we just assume people know that that's what we want. I mean, when you help them get their home, they're actually waiting for you to tell them what you want. Because that's a natural human response. If you help me, I want to help you. Mm-hmm. And if you explain to them, hey, if you just tell me somebody else that I could help, they're like, yeah, okay. And I think so often as Canadians, when they say, oh, thank you so much, and we go, no problem, that's, that ruins that moment for them. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's awesome. That was an ex, that's extra bonus material that was in the rapid fire questions that wasn't, wasn't on the plan, but I, I appreciate it. So, um, what one thing or habit do you think has made you successful? Uh, listening to people and empathizing. I think, you know, using what you learn, like I talked about asking more and more about what's really driving them. And if you listen to that carefully and you can use that later on and, and control, you know, what can be ugly situations, you can control that and turn it into a good situation. So do you have an internet resource or a software program you use that makes your business more successful? Uh, well, I mentioned like our team uses Gmail for business, which I think is awesome. Uh, any team out there that's not using it should look into it. Um, it has things like Google Drive, which is where we can we store like compliance documents there and everybody can access it easily. Um, another one is Trello, which we we use internally on my team. And it's it's a great little add-on to Gmail. And basically on my phone or on my computer, I can pull up and see exactly where all of our files are and what we have different stages that they're at and see exactly there's notes in there and all that kind of thing. So it's really quick communication. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Trello and Gmail for business. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? I think I'd say The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It, it's the, um, it just talks about if you really want to make more money, then every day spend five more minutes calling two more people. And don't expect an, uh, an increase in pay, you know, a week later, but 30 days or 90 days later, if you do that, you're going to be making more money. Mm-hmm. And that's really the whole compound effect is he talks about making small choices early on and, and you know, build it out. Uh, we've had a couple people recommend that book, so I, um, I have to check it out. Where do you think our industry is yeah. headed? Where's the opportunity? Um, people get all worked up by these rate sites. I think they will succeed, but through hard work, I mean, there's huge opportunities for, for the rest of us to look after those people who aren't going to choose their mortgage like a jug of milk. I mean, they it's they see it as commodity, and there's going to be certain clients that see it that way, and they can have them. But to me, there's lots more that need help to manage their mortgage. And, and I think that's where we have to get better at explaining to clients how we don't just get them the mortgage, we manage it all the way through their life. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's one of my favorite questions. It's a DeLorean. Remember the movie Back to the Future? Mm-hmm. And so the DeLorean is the car you could travel in time. So if you could jump in the DeLorean and you could travel back to your first day as a mortgage broker 15 years ago and you could give yourself three pieces of advice to have a bigger, even bigger business than you have right now, which is pretty substantial, what three things would you tell yourself? Oh, I'd say it's 2020. Um, I guess uh, I think to press on and persevere. Don't let off you know, the gas when things get pretty good. I think all of us can have one good month and I know I did this early on is, oh, wow, I'm going to take some time off now and slow down. And all of a sudden, you got to work really hard for three more months to build it back up again. And I think it's easy to look back and see where I lost focus. And, and so I guess keep your eye on the ball and just, you know, stay hard on it and don't let off. Okay, so that's one. So keep, was that one or that? So don't let your, don't take your foot off the gas if you have a good month. Keep your eye on the ball. Yeah. What would be another thing you'd tell yourself? Um, 
look at the big picture and don't get so caught up in day-to-day fire. Okay, it's kind of like what you remind your clients of. You said when they, they're having a frustrating moment is to remind them the, the further down the road. So you got to do the same thing with yourself. Totally. I mean, we get so caught up in, you know, First National turned me down on this deal. I'm so mad. And we'll stamp around and phone 14 other brokers we know and get mad. And I mean, really, we just need to get back to work and get the deal approved and, and stay on the big picture, which is getting more deals through and not, not worrying about, yeah, like that lender doesn't want to do that deal. It's not the end of the world. Right. Just keep keep hustling. Yeah. Well, Mike, I really appreciated your time today and your insights. And there's been some great, great stuff that you shared. So are you guys hiring? Absolutely. We're, uh, we're always looking for, for great people. And where can people find you online? Uh, we have our company website, which is cmexp.com. And that's probably the best way to, to check us out. And yeah, otherwise, uh, we'll see you out there. Awesome. So anybody who's listening, you can get notes on this at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. Links to Mike and his site. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for, the, for your time today. I hope you rock the rest of your year. Uh, thanks so much, Scott. This is just a great, great service you're doing, and I think it's excellent for our whole industry. Thank you. Thank you. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I love mortgage brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.